Until relatively recent times, the night was viewed with great fear. And the reason was simply this, the absence of light. Without light, the night made it impossible to see where to set a foot or to place a hand. Without light, night made it impossible to see who or what might be out there in the darkness ahead. Early to bed, early to rise, that old wisdom was well adhered to because the night was perilous and fraught with danger. Nowadays, of course, we are surrounded by artificial light. It's difficult for us to appreciate the way night was perceived in earlier times. You know, for thousands of years, people illuminated their dwellings with fire. And it wasn't until William Murdoch invented the gaslight in 1803 that large areas could be lit up after dark. For all time before that, people walked in darkness, literally. In the days in which the Bible was written, people knew the meaning of darkness. Thus, when the biblical writers proclaimed that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, as in our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah this morning, they were speaking of something vivid, dramatic, hope-filled. When Matthew speaks of Jesus as this morning's gospel lesson puts it, as the light who fulfills that prophecy, he means that Jesus will transform this world from one of darkness and despair into one of joy and hope. Only when we understand the darkness of that world can we begin to appreciate the words of the psalmist this morning, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom then shall I fear? Or the words of the Gospel of John, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Perhaps if we lived in Barrow, Alaska, we could get a real feel for darkness. Barrow is on the Arctic Ocean and it is the northernmost inhabited point in North America. In winter, it is also the darkest. The sun set there last in November and it won't be seen again until the end of this month. Now getting through over two months of night isn't easy. In fact, this tiny nondescript outpost, home to 3,000 hardy hunters, trappers, public employees, has one of the highest attempted suicide rates in America. The people of Barrow understand the significance of light. Next week, as the first feeble rays of sunlight begin to peep once again over the horizon, Barovians, as they call themselves, will take to the ice to fly brightly colored kites, catching those rays in a jubilant celebration. The darkness has been dispelled. Light has come. It isn't easy to live in physical darkness without light, and it isn't any easier to live in spiritual darkness without Christ, the light of the world. Jesus brings the light of hope into life. Without him, life itself sets in darkness. Jesus brings the light into the world of the human soul, and he does this by letting us see God for just who God really is. Jesus, by his own life, illuminates the true nature of God. 
It's like an officer of the National Council of Churches who was once invited to help lead a worship service to be televised from Israel. The service was beamed from a very old church under the care of a community of monks. The church was quite ancient and it had never been modernized with electrical power. And as the officer from the council looked around, a fascinating scene began to play out before her. The television crew was busy going about its work of setting up generators, stringing cables, mounting cameras to stands, placing microphones. Hushed and standing back against the walls were the monks. They seemed like time travelers from another century rather than the current residents. And then something extraordinary happened as the scene played on. The technicians began to test the lights. The whole darkened chapel suddenly flamed into light for the very first time in its ancient existence. Some of the monks, looking up, nudged their brothers, and soon they were all pointing upward. The monks then vanished, and presently they scurried back, bringing their entire community to see what they had seen. On the ceiling was a huge mural of exquisite beauty. A member of their order in a forgotten century long ago had erected a scaffold and there high above the, the sanctuary he had quietly painted by candlelight a masterpiece unseen to any but God alone. Now, only now, hundreds of years later, maybe a thousand years, was it being discovered. The light of the television cameras had brought this ancient masterpiece into full view. Light has the power to bring into full view that which has been hidden. And Jesus has done that with our knowledge of God. How shall we really know God? We can know him fully only as he has revealed himself in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. What is God like? He's like Jesus, loving, compassionate, merciful, forgiving. Without Christ, we would be left trying to see God through the darkness, an austere taskmaster instead of the God of forgiving grace, a God who demands sacrifice from us instead of the God who sacrificed himself for us. A God removed from us, instead of the God who seeks an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. A God understood as capricious, distant, and indifferent tyrant, instead of the merciful and loving one we can all know as father and mother. This is the great light, that Christ shines in this world so set in darkness. Because of him, we know God as God really is. Because of him, we walk in the light of life. Christ is the light of the world. He is the source of the light that enlightens you and me. But this is not where it all ends. You see, that light that shines upon us and illuminates our true relationship with God also changes us. 
Just a few verses further on in our gospel lesson, Jesus turns this whole business of being light back onto you and me. He says to us, you are the light of the world. You and I, in receiving the light, become light. Now, Jesus is the source, but once that light illuminates us, we become his enlightened reflectors. You know, much as a lighthouse's source light is magnified by its many reflectors, so we are given the wondrous task of being the searchlight of God's compassion and concern for the world. We focus that light that moves out into the darkness to find and to guide those who have yet to see God's light, yet to experience His love, yet to feel His favor, yet to know Him as friend and Savior. How are we to reflect this light? Well, we do it together, of course. When we come together as a body, we have the ability to pool all that light-reflecting resource that we have in big ways, such as our physical actions and our financial support of various outreach efforts, missions and agencies here in town and at a distance that do God's work directly with those in need. But our calling to be light is more than just our group effort. We are each of us called to reflect the light that has been implanted within us individually as well. And we do that wherever and with whomever we are. Being light is expressed this way in our daily lives through our many relationships with others. For instance, consider our families. You know, this is where many of us will make our great contribution for Christ in life. How available are we to these that are closest to us? I'm, how involved, I mean, really attentively and compassionately and sacrificially focused are we on them when we are home or in their homes? You know, after a hard day, it really can be a sacrifice to be attentive and compassionate, especially when we need some of that focus on ourselves, or we simply just need some time off to be unfocused for a bit. This is the place more than any other that tests our true reflective abilities. And then consider the workplace. Now, most of us are probably already supportive of the boss. I mean, that's the job, right? But ungrudgingly? You know, we probably get on fairly well with most of our colleagues, yet could there be one or two who really need the grace of our collegiality more than the others who are easier to relate to? And what about our subordinates? Do they see Christ in us as we guide and direct them? That's an area that might use some careful focus of light. And there are a lot of other areas, too. For instance, and I've just recently mentioned this one, when we're driving and we have to get somewhere quickly and traffic just isn't cooperating, can the other drivers around us see grace in our actions? <laughs> or when we're shopping, do the shop clerk and the cashier see Christ's love in our attitude toward them? Still another area, of course, is don't forget to cringle. 
You know, these are just some examples. Our job as Christians is to reflect Christ's light into every area of life. You know, there's that old gospel tune that says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Jesus is the light of the world. He has made God known by his light. We are now called to be his reflected light so that those who walk in darkness will see light. Reflect his light for all to see. May darkness become light wherever you walk. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.